0: Hey there, welcome to How I Got Hired. This is the podcast to inspire ambitious professionals just like you to find that job you love or completely reinvent your career. I'm your host, Sonal Behl, founder of Supercharge and career strategist. And every week I hold conversations with ordinary people like you and me from around the world who've had extraordinary success in finding their dream job so you can learn how they got hired. Now, today I am Going to say i am so glad you decided to press play why is that i'm going to introduce today's guest with a little story on the 25th of march 2002 sana was traveling with her sister on a highway in islamabad when they suddenly met with a deadly road accident her sister died on the spot while sana's body was 95 percent paralyzed In hospital, Sana was unable to talk or move any of her body parts. Her only way of communication was blinking her eyes. And in order to get attention of sleeping nurses, she would often bite on the ventilator tube to stop the oxygen supply and set off the alarm. After years of medical treatment, she was able to talk, but physically became wheelchair-bound for the rest of her life. This iron girl, however, did not lose heart. Sana went on to complete her studies in London and successfully completed her LLB and LLM and is now a practicing lawyer in Lahore and actively works for the differently abled. I love that she says, don't call them disabled, they're differently abled and is committed to making public places accessible for everyone, everywhere. Let's learn from my lovely guest, Sana Khursheed who has turned adversity into advocacy. Sana such a warm welcome such an honor welcome to the show. Thank you so much Sonal it's the pleasure and the honor is all mine and so
1: um, thank you for inviting me to your wonderful podcast and for the lovely words
0: that you just said and I'm really happy to be here and talk to you. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted you're here, Sana, and I know this is going to be an extraordinary conversation. So, Sana, let's get started. And I want to start by talking about the Sana Khurshid from before 2002. I read an article of yours where you talked about this. I want to remember the Sana I was, the Sana I will never be, and say a little prayer for her. Sana, you were a first-year medical student when the accident happened. Talk to us about at that time. What is it that made you choose medicine as a career option back then?
1: Um, I think ever since I was a little girl, my dream was to become a doctor. I come from a family. My parents are doctor. My elder sister is a doctor. We have a private hospital. And he, I mean, ever since. I can remember as a kid, I mean, the highlight uh, for the day used to be to go and visit my dad in the hospital, sit in his uh, ENT uh, chair, pretend to see patients. I mean, my mother had opened a free clinic in my name and I remember I was hardly seven or eight. I used to go and check how many patients she had checked that day. So, you know, um, it was Of course, I think from a very young age, I knew I was going to be a doctor and there was no doubt about that. And of course, I was going to be a surgeon. So, yeah, I had my life all planned out. And, you know, I still find it really, um, it doesn't, I can't understand when people say, oh, we don't know what we will become when we're old. And I was like, okay, really? Because from a very young age, I had like my map, life all mapped out, and as I grew older and you, uh, which field I wanted to uh, specialize in. So, you know, um, the day that I got uh, admission into a medical college, that you can imagine the height of my happiness. You know, when you achieve the goal that you you know you set for yourself, and you get uh, get admission in a good college. My sister was already starting there. So, you know, I'd always loved that college. I'd been tons of times. I'd been there to go pick her up. I loved it. And to go there as a student myself, it was like I was beyond ecstatic. So, you know, um, I was just there for um, two, two and a half months mm-hmm. uh, when, um, like you just said, on the motorway, we were going yeah. to another city. Um, we got into a car accident. Um, the... Tired of a car burst, and the driver instead of um, just letting the car go, uh, he's applied the brakes. And yes, uh, you can imagine the horrific details yourself. I don't. I don't think I need to be very explicit because it left me with a, a spinal cord injury, a complete spinal cord injury at the C four C five level. Which that I'm paralyzed from the chest downwards. I do not. I cannot move all four of my limbs, and I lost that. Um, I lost my sister in that accident. So yes, I got to know about that very late because nobody told me. Obviously, I was not in the right state of mind. We hear that, and um. But yeah, I mean, like um. If to say that that was the darkest period of my life, it was the worst tragedy that had ever befallen us would be an understatement Hmm. um it has taken years uh, for Hmm. us as a family to even discuss what happened I don't think um we were ever I mean even up till now I don't think we've sat down and really uh discussed details because um I don't know um we haven't I don't know, so yeah, it's not uh, it's not something that you want to go back to and I'm very grateful that we've all evolved and come um really um. I mean, the progress that I've made, it's been very slow. I mean, I see people jumping back to their normal lives very uh, few months down the road. It took me years and years to accept this new, like I said, the new Sana that I had become because I was not ready to accept it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the person that I was, that I dreamed of becoming. And yes. because I'd achieved that, uh, you know, I felt that it was very unfair uh, on, it was unfair of me to be thrust into circumstances which were not my fault. I mean, it was not my fault that I had an accident and a few people uh, survived without a few scratches. I mean, and I suffered this injury. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I, you, that, it's very difficult to understand at that young age. I mean, I'm still, of course, I'm human. I do yeah. get the occasional what if, yeah. but... Uh, but I somehow I know the answer to that as well. But of course, you you to to be human is to feel, and you do feel yeah. sad and depressed and of course, of course, hundred percent and angry and bitter. But yeah. yes, thank yeah. God. Um, as you as time passes, then I think you sort of uh, start appreciating the life that you have instead what it would have been. So um, your life starts changing and I appreciate that fact and I'm grateful to that fact and I, make, I feel like I'm very blessed that I've got a life now and I've made something out of it which I can be proud of and, you know, sometimes I think I am a little too hard on myself, but yes, that's the way I am. So.
0: No, I, I first of all, thank you for being so honest Uh, you're talking about a lot of things that we don't want to talk about we want to brush it under the carpet and some of the culture that you and I come from um things like therapy and talking out your feelings are still relatively new concepts you're expected to you know hey what you look fine everything's fine let's move on you know and and moving on is hard it's been 19 years and you're talking about it and it feels like it's happened you know yesterday obviously there's been so much growth um in this period of time the transformation and you said you can imagine actually i can't and anyone who's who's uh, you know got empathy or sympathy it's very different when they've actually been through a life changing event you know, uh, like the one that you've been through. So, um, the anger and the bitterness—it's—it's it's real. It's real. Uh, what you're talking about, and people who've, you know, gone through a different set of circumstances, and that feeling of anger, and then the victim, and then how that changes into gratitude and appreciating what you've already got, that doesn't happen overnight. So in fact, so now that's the, I want to talk about that a little bit more because, you know, there's all this stuff out there, you know, TED talks and books and and motivational quotes um, on resilience and how to get over the adversity. It's only when you're in that adversity yourself that you really see what you're made of. Talk to us about that, Sana, you know, during some of the darkest moments. What is it that kept you pushing through day after day?
1: Um, you know, so
0: uh,
1: the thing is that, you know, words and books and people's advice, yeah. they're all very well and good, but they don't mean anything until you are ready to accept, until you yourself have reached that point point where you are like okay this has happened it's okay it's not ideal it's not something that I want it's not something that I planned but okay it has happened now let's yeah. move on yeah. so you know uh, when I was in the hospital or even after uh, a few years later when I came home and you know I used to be bedridden because I had the most uh, worst uh, case of bed so and pressure ulcers it's something you know it's a constant struggle and so we cycle because one day you're well and the other you're not so it's very hard to count your blessings at that time so yeah. people used to tell me that oh you're lucky to be alive and I was like what are they talking about they are not in my position it's very nice to just lecture and tell yeah. you know she used to be very resentful but I started yeah. see uh because um you know so but it's Later, much, much later that I realized they were right. But then it was too soon to tell me all that stuff. Uh, At that point, all I wanted to hear was just nothing. Basically, yeah yeah silence um uh, yeah. yeah. uh, the best thing that you could uh, anybody could do for me you know they i they were all um well-intentioned uh phrases that you know this time will pass and time yeah. heals everything they, they were all right i mean they were trying to help but it didn't mean anything to me it, and instead it made me angry yeah no it made me you know it. Like of course you're lecturing me, but would you like this life for yourself? You know, if they're like a million emotions going through your head, especially yeah. at a very young age. Yeah. You know, because you feel you've dropped of everything. Yeah. So um it was much, much later in my life, and it was my I remember my sister Amna telling me that Sana, you know, um, you have this life. You know, you have no choice over that. You, you have been blessed with a life, but what, where your choice lies is that either you can spend it crying and mourning and just um, uh, getting bitter and bitter every day, or you can you know you can embrace this new change and new life and just make something out of it. So I think um, I am very lucky in that respect that I am surrounded by fam- my family. You know, I always call them my army of support and love. They never gave up on me, you know. So they are the prime um, sources of encouragement and support that I had. And they were the ones who sort of uh, got me out of that um, gloom and doom uh, phase. I mean, I, I was not an easy person to live with. Obviously, when you can't, when uh, yeah. I mean, you're going through something, the obvious yeah. reaction you lash
0: out over it sure sure mental health sure. hello I mean we, we talk about it a little bit more now but back then I know all the feelings I, just coming together and then like a I, volcano
1: I remember I, my mother arranged a, um, a therapist for me and um, that person came and you know the, but it was just a few weeks um, after the accident the first thing he said to me oh you, come on st- tell me what happened and you know. I was not ready to tell him, obviously, but whatever I said, it's like okay, now forget that ever happened. Just need to forget everything. It's like
0: oh, oh,
1: so, yeah, and a couple of other things. I mean, yeah, I, my mother did everything under the sun. She, you know, what whatever she could get hold or whatever kind sure. of therapy or treatment, and you know, I've I've been through a lot. So yeah, so I think, but um love and, and their love and their constant support is what kept me going yes. and is what uh made me come out of that and I think uh for them I, I would say this and I've written a lot about this as well for them I have never changed yes. you know I was still the same person for my friends for my family you know um so um I just didn't know that yet and um Obviously, of course, I miss a lot of parts of me which I can't even explain and I don't even want to get into but um I have accepted this new person and you know, a, a very close friend of mine is like, you know, you should accept it because you're a much better person now. Why would you want to become the Sanna that you were? You weren't very
0: you know amazing you're awesome now it's like okay oh wow (laughs) let's talk about silver linings oh my gosh um there's something that you said that i want to take away for the listener because you know the last um 18 months have been so horrific a lot of us have lost loved ones um with you know covid and and so many things going on you know the intentions are good we mean well Uh, And sometimes offering words of comfort can come across as a very hollow thing for the other person. So I love that you said that the thing I wanted to hear was nothing. And I think presence, sometimes just presence, you know, triumphs words and and you know like awkward it's so awkward it's so quiet right now i must say something it's not necessary to say something and let the silence take its course you were on your journey we're all on our journey there are days you don't want to listen to the things you maybe need to hear but it's you're not the timing isn't there right so uh, it's not there yet and and you know i i completely understand where your mom was coming from And God bless that therapist, but that is not the way to go about it. So, um, you know, and particularly when you're young, right. And you're, you're in your like late teens and early twenties, figuring things out as it is you're figuring things out so i, I totally appreciate that yeah. um and and so now, so now let's um switch gears a little bit i want to talk about law and this decision you know there's a whole like science dedicated to decision making and i'm very keen to hear about How this decision came about to study law after everything that you'd been through, you know, was it one of those well thought out, researched uh, decisions, or was it sort of one fine day, something in your instincts told you that, Sana, this is where you're needed? How did it happen?
1: I mean, uh, I wish I always tell people this. I wish I had a very uh, glamorous story to tell you that how I chose law, but unfortunately, there isn't. So, you know, the first thing, um, you know, the, the day I took the decision that, OK, now this has happened. Now I need to start uh, getting my life in order. I need to start living in the true sense. Yes. So, uh the obvious thing was, obviously, I was going to resume my studies because, you know, uh, education and degrees in our family is a, it's a big deal. And yes. um, I mean, I come from a family where PhDs are treated like this, like a master's or an undergrad degree, everybody has it. <laughs> so obviously, I was going to study. But so science was medicine was out of a question. So what I did was I started narrowing down fields um, and I um, narrow down on two, uh, law and psychology so I remember I discussed this with my uncle who was who really pushed me to start studying as well so um I sort of he was for law because my both of my you know interestingly both my grandfathers were lawyers too and we've got a lot of lawyers in our family so I think um, uh, it's it just seemed like the right choice, and um, it just I just went from there, and you know, it's it's like law happened to me, and you know, you do reach your true calling, and I think it was a very, it was the best decision that I made, and I really enjoyed. And one of the driving factors for choosing law was um, because I used to love uh, reading. I mean, books were my best friends back in yes. the day. I was hooked to social media, uh, and then and I used to read like a one book a day. So um law just seemed really interesting and
0: um it just happened and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah and you and you you applied and you got into um the law university in, in uh in London, correct? How was yeah. how how was that experience, Sana? Um uh,
1: no so no, the thing so the thing was um I um I had I knew my limitations I am very, I just I know myself. I know that I am I uh, not going to push myself beyond what I can easily do, so attending a full um, term, uh, college or university was always it was not an option for me. Mm. Uh, I was in UK when I chose law, but mm. we were coming back to Pakistan, and uh, obviously I could not stay there. My my mm. father had. Business here, and of course, my sister was studying, she was in medical school at time, and all that. So, and obviously, Pakistan is home for me, so we were going to stay here. So, what I did was I applied for the University of London, it was called the Distant Learning Program, the International Program. And um, I visited a couple of universities here who were offering the same, same course, but um, those universities weren't accessible. Mm. So, obviously, I would have loved to attend college mm. because you know. Uh, college is just not for getting a degree it's the whole experience of and I, course. I had, mine had been cut short um, of course and I wanted to but uh, that was not going to happen plus I remember the First meeting that I had, they were like, uh, 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 "This attendance is going to be a big issue, and you need to have like ninety nine percent attendance, or what?" Uh, and I was like, "I I knew myself then; I wasn't very um, strong uh, at that time, and I mm. knew I couldn't attend college fully. I and mean, obviously, there was it was not excessive, mm. also." it was it was not even an option for me so i did uh, my llb entirely on my own i'm, ex- I'm just self taught yeah and after that i did my llm so the credit uh, the thing is that a bridge council over here need to give them credit they are very helpful um so you know I, like i said before um i'm paralyzed from the chest now. Yes. Yes. so i can't write can i do not have any hand function so I used to get a, a writer and I used to dictate my answers. Wow. So that in itself was yeah. a big challenge because you didn't realize. Um, obviously, it was a person who had no background in law. Yeah. So I used to spell out each and every word. So it was like ABC, uh, space, comma, new line, new paragraph, leave some space. take Wow. It. Capital letter, no, now small alphabets. Okay, so I need to dispel each and every. And as so, a lawyer, I, attention to detail is paramount. So. Obviously, because I was going to be judged on that yeah, paper. And yeah. the paper didn't uh, say that this paper has been written by an, a writer and the person, the student, has been dictating. So obviously, it went into the normal, you know, with everybody else. So that was um a lot of work. It was very frustrating at yeah. the time, uh, you know, and um, and then I used to have really good handwriting, mm-hmm. and I remember mm-hmm. once, once or twice, I had writers I couldn't even read my own papers. Like, oh my god, good luck to the examiner. I hope he can read. It. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, the thing is, I don't uh, like to make excuses for myself, and I don't like to emphasize on the negativities and the difficulties. I managed, so it was not too bad, and I passed, and I
0: did good, so. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. There are I, I did not of
1: challenges. Yeah.
0: You no, know, no, thank you for correcting that. I was also wondering about that. So, wow. So, a, 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 an assignment that would take someone a couple of hours would take you much much longer because the challenge was very very different. So, I hope the listener is listening very intently to what you just said because a lot of us are living with excuses and honestly, if Sana could do this what is your excuse? Like, I want to drill this down. Sometimes we need a little tough love, you know. If Sana, if you had said to your family, "I can't," it's too much, they would have understood. But you knew there's more to you, right? And and uh, you come. It's not just the fact that you come from this accomplished family of lawyers and doctors. You also that inner hunger and that drive. Like, there's more to me, right? I I, I can do so much more, and I'm I'm not. The, the things aren't done um so kudos to you for pushing on all those years of dictation correction with the writers and of course nobody does things on their own it takes a village uh you know british council etc i'm so glad you called that out because uh it's very it takes even longer to do it alone right so fantastic so sana now having finished all of your studies describe to us what is it you do Today. Okay. Um, so I don't
1: work full-time because, mm-hmm. like I said before, I know my limitations. I can't yes. I can't make that kind of commitment and be unfair on the institute that or wherever the workplace. Yes. So I freelance. Okay. Yes. I do, um, and basically with that, the thing that I enjoy doing is um I am an accessibility advocate. Yes. I, Advocate for our uh, public and commercial places to be accessible, not just for people with mobility um, impairments, but for the vi- ones with visual and hearing impairments mm. as well. Mm. And the goal is to cater up, um, to make all public and commercial uh, pa- uh, places inclusive, inclusive for people of all impairments. So then you know, um, it's the twenty-first. you know, it's 2021. It's yes. high time yes. that everybody had the same fundamental rights. Because, you know, um, just because I'm a wheelchair user does not make me any less than you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so well, it's well an understood thing. Why mm-hmm. are we even fighting or arguing about this? Yes. yes. So that is like, um, I found my true calling in that. That is what I do. That is what I love to do, and that is what gives me pleasure, and that is what keeps me going. Uh, to get messages from just you know um, random people telling me, oh, you know, uh, you got that ramp made over there. Now we can take our brother, our sister, our mother, you know, whoever uh, we can uh, take them over there. So thank you so much, and you know, uh, and you know, I and you know the outpouring of love and um, the encouragement. That I get for complete random strangers, it is so overwhelming, Sonal. And i was like, "Oh, what, uh, are they talking to me? Did I? Yeah. I mean, why?" I yes, don't... they
0: are. Yes, they are. <laughs> so,
1: you know, uh, that's what keeps you going because you're yeah. not just making um a place or uh, the world a better place for you. Uh, you're doing for other people as well. So that is um that is what i do and yeah, yeah I, I, that is what i am going to do and i've been very at that and i'm very lucky that i've been very lucky in my fight uh, for accessibility that i have had very good results now i mean i've been on it since a few years now the initial um, stages um, i've encountered uh, so much uh, negativity mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I sometimes, you know, I'm saying, why is this other person even justifying the lack of access? I mean, Mm. what is that? I mean, why would they even do that? And, you know, I once I remember, I had like a meeting, me and my lawyer, we had this meeting with the town planner. And, you know, his own office was on the first floor and there was no lift. And the irony was totally lost on that guy because his own building was in violation with the law and the um, accessibility code, but he he couldn't understand it. Hmm. I think the problem with um, people um, in countries like ours is that until and unless
0: they themselves suffer through something, Hmm. they don't think it's an issue. Hmm. Serious, serious lack of empathy. Serious extremely
1: extremely mm. and you know it's not an issue um i mean it should be an issue mm. Mm. so but yeah um uh, you know um i filed a petition in the high court and that was much later first i started this advocacy on my own and you know um a lot of, i I'm a very social person. I have a lot of friends and the only entertainment sort of we have over here is to go out and eat and I love doing that. So, you know, I started from there. Mm -hmm. I called out places which didn't have ramps, and a lot of them obliged. Um, But on the other hand, there's just some extremely um weird <laughs> and strange i see you i and see then you then
0: holding tongue. i see you holding your tongue
1: <laughs> i can understand
0: i can understand that i, mean,
1: I, I mean. remember i'm like a uh, restaurant owner he had just two steps in his cafe and i used to visit there a lot um it's just two steps and i stopped he had promised me that he'd get a ramp made and um i remember i did a social media post on it yes. and he called in an army of his own friends and supporters who were like started bashing me that, oh, if you can't walk, why didn't you just stay in the car and eat? What? <laughs> I was like, I'm, you know, uh, I've made a rule. I don't engage with such people. Yeah. If they still haven't um, understood uh, what is wrong and flawed with their argument and with the words they're saying, then I can't waste my time in educating no. them. No. It's already too late. It's
0: exhausting, Sana. You, how much education can you do? It's That's not your you, job.
1: You need to pick and, uh, no and choose the right battles. Otherwise, you'll just start of being depending all day and night. So I consider such um, negativity noise. I yeah. ignore it. I ignore yeah. it completely. Because yeah. it's not good for me. It's not good for men- mental health. And yeah. I'm not going to let those sort of people
0: affect me. Sure. Sure. And, you know, there's something called karma at the end of the day. What goes around comes around. That's not your job. You're not judging that. I mean, that's their their prerogative. Uh, But I highly uh, recommend uh, to anyone who's listening to follow uh, Sana on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to put the link in the show notes Uh, on Instagram. Particularly, I love every single victory, little by little, the things that you achieve. You know, it's um, like I love the the ripple effects of that, you know, one ramp, it's like, it's a ramp, there's a long way to go, but that one ramp is one step closer to winning that battle on on include you know, real inclusion, right? And there's so many, and you know, you and I chatted before, there's so many positive side effects, you know, for example, someone whose knees are hurting or someone who's got a baby stroller and they need to push it. So those are people who are blessing you as well, thinking, oh gosh, you know, now it makes me, little bit easier those 10 steps which others just breeze through uh it makes it so much easier for me that i can go gently on that ramp so uh I, I love that you shared that and the you know negativity you can be doing great things for fighting for people who don't have a voice or don't use that voice like somebody like sana and you will still come across negativity <laughs> and trolls so i love that you said that you know you gotta pick your battles um and and so now, you know, when you listen to the word inclusion, it's become so fashionable now to talk about DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. When you listen to all of this stuff, how do you define inclusion?
1: For me, inclusion is that um, the day when everybody, and by everybody, I mean everybody, when they start enjoying same rights and, you know, it's all equal and there's no you and me and this or them. Hmm. that is what intrusive means and you know um every everybody has the same right to all the facilities the rights and you cannot deny a person just because they're slightly different from you see hmm. okay, um so we need to address that um you know educate i am um, one of the things that I like. oh I didn't mention that but one of the things that I do and I used to love I mean before COVID I used to do this a lot I used to visit schools a lot especially mm. young children and I you know I believe that these children are the society that we are going to become mm. so they need to be taught at a very young age that hey people are going to be different from you I and mean, i'm not just talking about a person with a disability a person who has a different color than you who's mm. a person who speaks differently from mm. you you know mm. um, at a young age we sort of just exclude anybody who doesn't fit our frame um, you know and the makeup that we are and you know they just exclude excluded and there's a sort of um, they might not even realize it But intentionally, but there's an arrogance attached with you, and you know one of the best things that I used to do was I used to go and visit schools, and I used to tell them my story, tell them how I have come to do what I do, how it has been with me, and I used to let them ask me questions. And now, Sonal, you'll be surprised. I have to say that it's a no holds bar. Ask me anything. Anything. And so, as it is, kids and don't have much to filter, that right they used to come up. Yeah. Like, yes, I was like, oh my god, why did I even do <laughs> that? So you know that is.
0: But <laughs> can you, but, you can, know, can you
1: share can you share an example of a couple of questions that you were like, whoa? I don't know. I there've been so many that you know. But um, so these children need to be taught from a very young age that everybody is equal and everybody is the same. And I really enjoyed doing that. And I strongly believe we need to have an education system that's inclusive as well because um you we all learn from each other Mm -hmm. small things so when you have a diverse a group of people who are working together studying together you can both benefit each other because you know my um you you cannot judge me just because I'm in a wheelchair I might have skills that um maybe you could learn from me like I'm going to learn from you of course of course we need to create an environment where everybody's skills their abilities are where everybody can Hmm. reach their full potential Hmm. so and you know and we cannot just wait for the state to facilitate us it starts from us first Hmm. Hmm. you know we need to see how we as a person if we go out and you know um take an example like um If we go out and we can see that a mother is struggling with the stroller and with a little kid and, you know, she's trying to open the door, just a small thing, go and open the door for her. Mm. You know, it's, it's not a big deal, nothing, but it would matter to her. So like I always tell these kids that, you know, you don't need to make grand gestures or
0: anything. Sometimes even a smile works. Mm. Sometimes even a smile works and a small little gesture means a lot. Um, And everything doesn't have to be a fight, you know, in the sense that do your bit. I love that you're talking about the grassroots aspect of it, as opposed to shifting accountability and blaming the government, which I think in every country, there is a culture of it's someone else's problem. You're like, no, the buck stops with me. This is what I can do. And I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to stop till it's done. Because, so you know, I've been through it. I
1: remember mm. I used to um, go to places, and the lack of access used to really mm. uh, uh, first is used to. Um, I used to feel embarrassed because mm. maybe I used to think, oh, maybe it's my fault. I'm mm. the only one. It's mm. not their fault they haven't kept a ramp. You know, I should be the one who should have. Um, but you should walk on the steps. I mean, why should they cater for me? But then I realized, no. You know, I, they need to facilitate me as well. And, you know, and another thing I realized was that after coming home, what did I do? I used to, like anybody else to come home crib and um, yeah. moan that, oh, yeah. they, they haven't done this, they haven't done that. And was like one way. one day I was like, hey, Sana, so what have you done for yourself? Mm. So you, know, you need to start taking ownership of the problem and you to start doing something yourself. Because if you don't do anything yourself, how can you expect others to do anything for you? So you need to become your own voice and never think, that's what I tell kids as well, never think that your voice is not enough. Sometimes it's just one voice. It's one step that gets the ball rolling and it just... Um, the journey starts, like you say, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. step. That mm-hmm. first step is very difficult. It it takes a lot of courage to yes. take that. But once you do,
0: then the sky is your limit. Yeah, no, I, I love that you talked about that. And uh <laughs> it's reminding me of Lord of the Rings, which is a, a movie I'm a big fan of. And um there was a, a line in there. Uh Galadriel, even the smallest person can change the course of the future. And like, who are, we to, who are we to doubt? And that ego, Sana, is so, and everyone who's listening right now, that ego is so sneaky. It just comes in and says, this is so embarrassing. Like, this is your fault. Stay home. There is no need to go out. Why should the restaurant be punished just because you're on a way? What? Croc, like what BS, right? But it affected you because you're human and it happens to so many of us. So someone who's listening today, oh, that job looks exciting. Who am I to apply? I haven't made all these achievements. I'm just gonna not apply. So we, we have to be very careful because the ego is not your friend. And and the other thing I wanna highlight here that you said is that I, I say this a lot on, um you know, LinkedIn and social media. There are two types of people in the world. They're the complainers, and they are the obtainers. The complainers will talk and complain and just talk about how everything is wrong. And they're bitter. They don't don't move past the complaining. The obtainers are like, yeah, okay, this is crap. Like I get it, I accept it. What am I gonna do about it? What is my role? And they go on and do things that nobody thought was possible. So 100% be an obtainer. (laughs) Be somebody like Sana. The thing is, um, Sona, uh, the problem with us is that, you know,
1: um, we ourselves are so conscious of um, our own... um, I I always say we are our own worst enemies. And, you know, um, it took me a long while to realize that um, the limitations that I had put on myself they were the physical ones were okay yeah yes. but yeah they were yes. also they were being catered for but the mental barriers that I mm. had put you know they were self-imposed mm. and once I overcame that then it became easy and it was not anybody's fault because I myself it was in that uh, negative space I just let negativity engulf me and consume me. And believe me, it's exhausting. Yeah. And I realize now that I've I've wasted years of my mm-hmm. life. Um, and you know, it was not worth it. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have, but then I re- then I think that no, Sana, I think that journey was necessary. Meant Those to steps go through it. were necessary mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. the person that I am today so you know like i said before we shouldn't be very hard on our own self we should appreciate um the journey and pat ourselves on the back for even the smallest thing that we
0: achieve yeah even
1: if that means waking up on in the morning and just yeah. getting out of bed and wearing yes. on clothes
0: yeah so
1: every little bit counts do not judge yourself by the standards that the society has made for yes. you yes so um be your own hero. Be your own. Uh, just keep going, not for anybody else, uh, but for your own self. Yeah. And if you want to take time, take all the time in the world. I have taken. Like I said, I've spent years feeling sorry for myself. So, but uh, you know, one, uh, you know, like we were saying that when I started uh, my education. I had that in me that wow, I had to sit for like two A-level exams because there was a gap in my mm-hmm. studies. So mm-hmm. to be eligible for LLB, I had to do that. And I was like, el, el, A-levels? I was a medical student. Why <laughs> would I,
0: you know? There's the ego so, again. Yeah, it doesn't
1: matter. That, and I was very conscious that, oh my God, what will people say? I mean, yeah. I my friends are in college already and I have to sit for my A-level exams. So it's okay, it doesn't matter. These are trivial things.
0: Later yes. on, it, like you look back and you're like, oh my God, why did I even waste a second? It didn't on- matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I want to marry this with what you said a little earlier because I think they go very well together. You know, you talked about self-awareness where you're like, I know myself really, really well, right? And the other aspect is you are your own worst enemy. So be aware That yes, you know yourself, you know what you're strong at, you know what your limitations are. And on the other hand, are you in your own way? Because they're two very different, you know, kind of sides of the same coin. So, you know, Sana, we're coming close to the end and I can't believe it because the time has absolutely flown. It's been such a fabulous conversation. (laughs) And, you know, there is this one question, Sana, that I ask every single guest of mine on the podcast. Um, Now, you've had so many huge... um, moments in your life and I wonder which one you're going to pick out or maybe there's another one is there one standout defining moment that supercharged your career and helped you to move towards your current success
1: I think um the day that I started not just thinking for myself uh the day that understood that you know Getting a ramp made um, is not just a ramp. It's not just a concrete um, construction thing. It's something bigger than that. Mm. It's uh, that what this ramp uh, symbolizes, yes. what it represents. So I think that day, like I said, uh, when I did my first uh, social media post, uh, the love, the encouragement, and the things that just complete random people shared with me, um, of the difficulties that they themselves would be feeling in their life you know uh one does not need to go get a spinal cord injury to you know that's not the only tragedy or the trauma uh, that can affect you there are million other things mm-hmm. and what and another thing that I've learned in my journey, journey is that I cannot judge um, other people's problems what for me might um not be that important but would Uh, just be the end of the world for somebody else. And I shouldn't be, I shouldn't judge them. I should be understanding because we all have our own troubles. Mm -hmm. We all have our own details. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the things that random people shared with me, I was, um, it was overwhelming. And I realized, okay, if telling my story is helping somebody else face their own life, then that's the least that I can do. I can tell them my story because um you know I I always feel, I feel very self conscious talking about myself because then I feel like everybody says she's always going on about herself I'm like, oh my god but then wherever I go you know whoever I talk to they're like no share and I sort of I whizzed through all that um a traumatic period <laughs> of my life because I was like oh man I don't think anybody would be interested why wouldn't they be. You know, and uh, and another thing as well, Sonal, uh, you're very scared of people judging you and leaving mm-hmm. you and just assuming that, oh my God, she's always on and on about the negativity and the things that she's suffered, oh God, get over it. So it's a very fine balance and, you know, you need to be careful and, mm-hmm. um, and you, um, because um, it's very easy to be judged and to be dismissed by some people and it's very discouraging, then it's very heartbreaking. So, yeah, so what keeps me going is the love and the support and the encouragement I get. And um, especially from just people who don't know me. I mean, like, we connected on LinkedIn and, you know... um, so it's amazing what just um, a few lines, what a few uh, actions can do
0: and get, get so many people together. And I just love that. Yeah, no, and, and you're making such a huge impact, such a huge difference. And, and when you talk to me about when you, when you shared that story about uh, going to the building to talk about uh, inclusion in public buildings and wh- how ironic that the building, you know, the office was on the first floor and, and there's no elevator, there's no ramp. I mean, the fire, like the anger in you it must have been, you know, rekindled like 10 times over. Like, yeah, this is why I do what I do. Like, hello, it's, lost on you why is it lost on you I'm here let's talk about it so uh fantastic Sana so anyone who's listening today are like oh my god she's amazing and you know if anyone's looking for an accessibility lawyer or you know advice or whether it's in Pakistan or outside what is the best way for people to learn more about you um
1: connect with me on social media I am very uh, public and I share a lot of stuff for people to see what I do and to sh- I, d- I mean like I said before if my um story or if a post that I share helps somebody overcome uh the barriers that they are facing to overcome the um uh, Obstacles that they might have just um, me feeling, or if uh, lows that they are feeling, just uh, they feel better after looking at me or reading about how I went through what I did and I came out of it. I mean that's just credit enough for me, and that is fuel for um, me. And for me, it keeps me going. And uh, I am grateful that I have a a platform. I have uh, people who just make my life uh, worth living and they keep me going and that's it and you know I always feel I'm not doing anything I mean I'm just living my life the way I want to. but if it helps somebody then
0: wow no absolutely and and for the person who's listening right now echoing Sana's words I'm not doing anything I'm just living my life there's so many challenges like Sana said don't use other people's yardstick to measure if it's really a challenge like what's the big deal you know compared to what this person is going through or, or that person is going through um, but at the end of the day just helping people out there even by showing up you know getting out of bed making your bed in the morning celebrating all those little things that's such a powerful message coming from someone like Sana Khashid. Sana this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so so much for for your time and wish you a lot of success with everything that you're uh, doing and everything that you're fighting for, you're making a huge impact on the world. And I'm so glad we bumped into each other.
1: Thank you so much, Sonar. And thank you so much for your kind words. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to spread awareness, to tell people my story. I mean, it's a huge thing, and I really appreciate it. And you've been, it's been, it's been so lovely talking to you. Like, um, I mean, I love work. It doesn't even feel that we don't know each other. We've never yeah. met, but yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so, no, it's so absolutely, absolutely, absolutely it's cool. lovely. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Hey, you made it till the end. That shows that you care about your career and that means we need to hang out a little bit more. So just a couple of things. A new podcast episode is dropped every single Monday. Wednesday, I take out one email which relates to your career and absolute amazing insights that i only share on email so if you want to subscribe go to the link in my show notes that's superchargeyourself.com forward slash newsletter and finally did you know i hang out on linkedin youtube and facebook live every single friday at 2 p.m central european time so you are more than welcome to join me just follow the links in the show notes and if you enjoyed this episode Maybe share it with three of your closest friends. And if you're feeling even more generous, leave me a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps the discoverability of the show. So thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself. And until next time, bye for now.